Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the GeoMob podcast. Today, I'm very excited to have Miriam Gonzalez with me as my interview guest. Miriam has a very impressive GeoCV. She is president of the board of directors of the Humanitarian Open Street Map team. She worked at Telenav for many years. She co-founded the GeoChicos community. And now she's coming to me today from Berlin, where she works at New Geospatial Marketplace Up42. Welcome to the show, Miriam. That's quite a lot. Please introduce yourself. Uh, hi, uh, thanks a lot for having me here. It's really an honor to be here, part of the podcast in Geomob. As you said, I mean, my name is Miriam Gonzalez. I have been having this phone ride in Geospatial for a bit more than uh, 10 years. And uh, I started at that time with a company named Telenav, I mean, which was doing GPS navigation in the early years for uh, phone devices for smartphones. And now I am working for Op42 doing partnerships and in special and also in the space industry. So, so what exactly is Op42? That's what, that's what we want to cover today. I mean, there's a lot of things we talk about, but today, today we're going to dive into Op42. Tell us, tell us exactly what it is. What is this startup? Sure. Yeah, thank you. So Op42 is a geospatial and a space startup. The main goal, I would say, is to reduce the entry barrier in geospatial. So we are based in Berlin, Germany, but also, I mean, of course, we have a global focus. And also we are an Airbus subsidiary. Uh, we are right now a team of a bit more than 50 people. And also we are more than 25 countries with the colleagues in the company. Wow. Okay. And so what is the product? What exactly do you offer? Who is your customer? We are a platform and also a marketplace in the one we detected, I mean, different problems in the industry. So actually three main challenges. The first challenge we detected is that there is all this data all spread all over the place. So you find this data in different websites from governments, private sector, maybe data cubes from government. But then people has to be digging in different places to be able to see, I mean, what is this data? Then we were trying to build enough for it to this marketplace in the one we can consolidate all this data so people can find it easy in one single place. The second challenge uh, we're trying to solve for Geospatial is there are many teams or so many companies which are having these amazing algorithms, but maybe they don't have the bandwidth to be able to explore more, or maybe they don't have the technical expertise, certain companies, for being able to build algorithms. So what I'm trying to do here also is building partnerships to bring on board all these amazing developers and also algorithms in the platform. So, and the third challenge we take is that not everyone had a computing infrastructure to be able to escalate projects. So we have this agreement with Google Cloud Computing in the one we can run different uh, workflows, different jobs, and then we can escalate from one machine to X number of machines with no issues. So all this together is we're building this digital marketing platform in the one we're trying to solve challenges on earth. I think this is really fascinating because um, it kind of gets get, gets to one of the key key changes in the industry over the last, uh, let's say, 20 years or so. It used to be everyone in geo would complain about the difficulty of getting access to the data, right? And because it was very tightly controlled by governments or whatever. And now there's so much data. It's it's the opposite. It's it's more exactly yeah. you need you need ways to simplify it and get an overview and decide. It's more about deciding which data set is the right one for your task. So I really think there's a lot of benefit in, in creating an aggregator like what you do. 
Yeah, it's, it's, I think, a nice problem to have. Now you have so much data that, I mean, we can choose from all these different sources. I mean, if you if we imagine that in the next five years, more than 500 to 100 satellites will be launched into space, I mean, that's a nice problem to have. And then we need to be able to have easy access so we can really help each other to democratize the access to all these data available and create things that will be helping to solve different things we are facing on Earth, I, I would say. It's it's only satellite imagery, or it's also like from airplanes and things, drones and things like that, or, or what? Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, we actually are trying to integrate every uh, special data available. So, of course, satellites is one of the main ones because also we are an Airbus subsidiary, and also it was easy for us also to bring satellites from data from from Airbus. So, but anyway, we have data from airborne, like from aerial imagery. We have also we are. Speaking also with LiDAR providers, with drone providers. So anything that is just special data, anything that has a latitude and that long coordinate. Oh, yes, that's always hard for me. So every, every single data set that has your special data. That long coordinates is more than welcome to be part of the of 42 ecosystem. And what what's the imagine? I have a satellite and and I have have imagery, and so I come to you. What's kind of the business model for me as the owner of this imagery? How does it work when I'm in? Oh, that, that's a great question. Uh, so it's a very straightforward business model. So we have a revenue share model. In the one part of the revenue goes to the partner, and a small part of the revenue will be going to of 42. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. And who who are the customers? What kind of people have been using the platform so far? When, when exactly did it start? It's it's about a year old now, I think. Is that right? We did official launch in September 2019. Okay. The idea was kind of conceived with the help of BCGD Ventures, the Boston Consulting Digital Ventures Groups, about three, four years ago, I will say, a bit less than that probably. So the official launch was September. So we have been uh, one year, almost and a half in the market. We are a pretty young company. And the customers, sorry? Yeah, who, sorry. who are the customers? What kind of people have, have uh, been utilizing? Yeah, I would say that we mainly have two types of customers. One type of customer is companies, uh, any size, that's really important to say, that they are trying to build things in their own company for decision-making internally. So we have this kind of people in the one they are saying, if I knew about your company maybe six months ago, I will be saving so much money and also uh, not investing in this, in certain tools that right now are still on the way because you have everything already in place to be able to support my project. So those are one type of the customer. The second type of customers are maybe more consulting or maybe freelancers in the one they are building products for different verticals or different industries. And they want to resell what they are getting out of offer to platform, all the analytics, or maybe some derivative products to these organizations. So I would say these two type of customers are the main ones we have. What, what's kind of the process from the time an image gets captured to the time it's a customer gets it? What are the, what are the steps that it kind of goes through and what, what's the lag time? Actually, I mean, we are really very fast. When satellite is capturing the image, I mean, it will be sometimes within a few days already in the platform. So we have archive imagery. For a satellite, we have archive imagery, and also we can do tasking if the customers, they need this specific project. Oh, I see. So I, can, also, I can specify an area if there's some area that I'm interested in and say, I want. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Anytime you can specify an area, you, you can provide the AOI. Either you can use a platform by yourself or also you can contact the sales team and they will be supporting you to be able to do the project in a better way. And also regarding the other data sets that we have, for example, we have also ideal imagery, as I mentioned before. And uh, there are certain 
images that I, I know they are two years old, sometimes three years old. That's kind of the average in uh, idle imagery. And also, I mean, as soon as the partners are going to be capturing more and more images, I mean, we're uploading everything into the platform. Gotcha. Fantastic. I mean, I think it makes so much sense to have this type of uh, aggregation, you know, from the customer standpoint, but also from the creator of the imagery. You know, it's, it's difficult having someone in the middle that handles all the questions of the customers of the end customer can be very, very helpful. You know, so I mean, it's, it's just amazing to see how far things have come and how simple it is that you can just go to a website and be like, let me grab these images and phenomenal. Yeah, you can imagine how many positive comments I receive when I have these conversations with different partners around because, I mean, if you think about maybe five years ago or 10 years ago, and they want, you have to sign individual contracts with every single provider that was available, and then you have to uh, pay subscriptions every month. That sometimes if you are a startup or you are a small company, that will be a lot for you. Sure. So now, I mean, with a pay-as-you-go model, like the one we are having, we are reducing all these kind of barriers that people had before, and we're making things simple and faster for everyone. Give us give us an example of some of the algorithms. You, you mentioned people, you know, people can offer their uh, data processing algorithms on the platform. What are, what are some of the kind of things you see there? Sure. So I would say uh, we can divide algorithms in three different categories. Ed. So the first category is more focused in machine learning, and it also do object detection and classification. So we have algorithms for detecting uh, maybe aircrafts, ah, okay. buildings, uh, chain detection, vessels, and some other things for, for sure. And then the second category, I would say, is more focused in NDVI, in bad math. So also, you can find their geohazards. For example, we have some flood, uh, flood mapping. We have also vegetation indexes uh, to be able to detect uh, land surface temperatures and some other things. And the third category is most of the algorithms in this category is kind of intermediate, I would say, between the data sets and also between the final algorithm. So it's for boosting the results, uh, the, end, the end results. So we have span sharpening, super resolution algorithms, and some others that are mostly developed by the data science team internal, and then they are doing all these algorithms for the benefit of the final results in the combination of the data and the algorithm. Very cool, man. You know, you've been going now for almost a year and a half. What what does 2021 hold for Up42? What, what comes next? Well, we already have the, the kind of the goals for 2021. I am very excited to be able to be here in this fun ride. I can tell you that. So for 2021, uh, a couple of things. We are already speaking with different partners that are going to be bringing more satellite imagery, more special data that is really unique also for the, for the marketplace and the platform. So we're already uh, trying to bring all this uh, new combination of algorithms also that are going to be working with this data. So that's something really exciting to see. We already have some uh, deals in the pipeline that will be finalizing probably Q1 and Q2 uh, next year. And of course, more people is more than welcome to to pick me. I mean, if they have certain things that are relevant also for your special. And also we are doing an expansion of the company. So right now we are building some teams in USA that will be covering more of the Americas region. Okay. And also right now we are also expanding uh, to the APAC uh, region. So we are going to be trying presence in Australia, in Singapore, and also we are already trying to build a team there. So even we are a, a global company and it's more digital, also we want to have presence locally to be able to support better the customers and the partners in those areas. Well, congratulations. Sounds like business must be going well then if you're global expansion. 
Very nice. Yeah, thank you. Okay, well, I mainly wanted to talk with you about Up42, but of course, I would it would be a mistake to get you on the podcast and not also have you talk about some of your other projects that you've been involved in. Tell us a little bit about GeoChicas. This was one of the communities, a geo community that you founded. What is it? What does it do? Oh, uh, thank you. That, I mean, I really like to speak always about Yuchikas because you bring me a smile on my face. So Yuchikas started four years ago. I mean, this uh, last November, I mean, suddenly we became an initiative that is four years old. So we're really excited about that. So how we started is that uh, we were certain female mappers in OpenStreetMap, and we realized that we were not many. So we started like digging in the information to see how many female presences in, in the OpenStreetMap uh, database. So we realized that according to certain studies, there were only 3% of the mapping editors, a female, and 97% were male. So that kind of raised a concern regarding the data that is created because, I mean, if we are wanting to show a reality in a map, then we are not showing a reality because half of the population is not showing uh, showing this in this map. Sure, we need, so, we need everyone. We need everyone. But one thing, just to clarify, sure. GeoChicas is only in the Spanish-speaking community or, or it's, it's multilingual? or We started as a Spanish-speaking community because, I mean, I was at that time based in Mexico. I was not here in Berlin. And also we started in an event named State of the Map Latin America in Sao Paulo. So right. that's how we started. But then we realized that also we hear other voices in different regions. For example, last year I was in Post4G Oceania in the one, I mean, all the problems we were facing in Latin America, they were also faced in the Pacific Island, the Pacific region. So now we are a global community in the one we have more than 200 uh, members and they are located in five different continents. So wow. we have now two channels, the English channel and also the Spanish channel. They are active in different uh, times of the year according to the events happening here and there. But I would say right now we are global. We started as Latin American and Spanish community, but now we are a global community. And what, what are the main activities? It's, it's, are there events or something or is there some tangible outcome or it's more just a support network or what is, how would you describe it? I would say it's all what you say in one, okay. I will say. So <laughs> the, the main three goals, I will say, uh, the first one is having more women mapping in OpenStreetMap, creating more women mappers okay. in OpenStreetMap. That's the first goal. The second goal is creating this kind of network in the one we can share leadership uh, among the other team members and also trying to increase the presence of female speakers in global conferences. So I think uh, when I start giving conference probably around five, six, Six years ago, I was one of the few ones uh, giving talks. And now I can probably say that we see how everybody is becoming more sensitive regarding having diverse uh, speakers in their conference. So I'm very happy to be part of these changes happening happening today. And the third goal, I will say, is uh, creating also knowledge sharing in the one we can support uh, more women to be able to have knowledge for uh, boosting their careers, for maybe changing to a different path. So we have this uh, name, Espacios Formativos. It will be kind of educational spaces in English in the ones we're trying to have experts in different topics. It could be QGIS. It could be some other tools, maybe Python, maybe something else that they give webinars. And also when they give the webinars, we can also have it online at the same time for only women. And then we share with the public, with the rest of the public after it's recorded. So also we have done webinars with companies like Carto, like Mapbox. And of course, I mean, we are more than welcome guys to participate, men to participate. Sometimes people think, oh, it's only for women, then I won't be able to participate. No, 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 not at all. I mean, we are inviting more and more allies to be part of the people that is supporting also this initiative in Yochicas. So we can create all together a more diverse, geospatial world. 
first of all, congratulations on on getting that going and and great work. And uh, I guess I guess on on your obviously the community is thriving. I mean, you say hundreds of people in in across five continents. What would you say though on the the overall the initial task that brought you it, getting more women mapping and OpenStreetMap? How would you say that's going? I, I mean, not 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 in your efforts, but in the community in general. What's your perception? I think it still is very low. Sure. I don't think in the in the overall percentage, I mean, we are improving a lot yet. I mean, I think as you said, I mean, there is still so much to to get done. But the thing is that at least at this moment, I think we're in a stage in the one we are, and also it's including me. I mean, we are trying to share what is happening, and people is more sensitive, people is more empathetic, and also we are trying to open more doors. So I think we are still in in, in the beginning of what can be done. But then at least we are trying to make these fundamental changes in the ones it will be helping for the future. So, yes, we are still having a low number of female mappers. And if we don't welcome more beginners, if we are not more like uh, soft, I mean, to receive novice mappers, I mean, people will be mapping certain things and they will be feeling that they are overwhelmed about all these negative comments regarding mapping and they will be going away. So we sure. need to change yeah, that a- also. and. It's a big problem, big problem. I mean, not just with regards to the gender balance of new mappers, but in terms of attracting new mappers in general. You know, there, yeah, there, yeah. there are many people who, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I think we can need to change the tone in many ways to, to welcome more new mappers. So Yeah, totally agree. Okay, Miriam, what, what have I missed? What what have we overlooked in our discussion today? What what aspects of Up42 or, or Tio Chico's uh, should, should we touch on before we wrap up here? Ah, you know what? It would be interesting also, Ed, because I I didn't explain how the platform works. Please explain. How the, the platform works. Uh, so we have two ways, I would say. We have the first and exploratory and discovery way of the platform is if you go to the website, uh, www.op32.com, and then you go to Marketplace, and then you go to the console, and then uh, you will be able to play around with the with the platform. Uh, you will be doing kind of a drag and drop. I also think it's kind of a Lego in the one you put one of the bricks of data, and we call it actually data blocks, and also you put uh, one algorithm block all together, and then you run in this kind of production line, creating a workflow, and then at the end, you will have these insights and these results that you can be able to download in QGIS or some other tool to be able to do the analytics. So that would be kind of the easy way and kind of a starting way, I would say. And the second way to access the platform, I would say if somebody has a bit more technical skills, then they can use or Python SDK or, or API. So we have everything documented so well in the, in the website uh, that people can be able to use uh, the platform in the full potential by using the Python SDK or the API directly. So I would say, I mean, I really recommend that if you have certain technical skills because you will see the full potential of what is happening in Operate to Platform or in parallel different workflows and get a better insight of the analytics you want to get out of the the combination of the data and also the algorithms in the platform. So that's great. It's fantastic that the base use case, though, is that people with even non-technical skills can grab the data, run an algorithm on it. Again, it's just amazing how far things have come that someone without a deep technical knowledge can really get into this this data and draw insights from it. Fantastic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can tell you, I mean, I'm not from a technical background at all. I mean, and I have been in this special world and I have been learning along the way. Uh, I just took uh, one year of geomatics a couple of years ago. And 
I don't consider myself technical alone. And when I started working for Opportunity 42 and I saw the platform and in the website how easy it was to get things done, I really was amazed. And also people can get uh, free credits. So they can get like 10,000 free credits. That's kind of the equivalence of 100 euros to be able to purchase data and algorithms to be able to process uh, in the platform and start playing with it. So oh, that's great. So, so they can start playing around and, and experimenting yeah. before they have to commit. Excellent. All right, Miriam, what, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you and, and learn more if, if the discussion today has generated some questions? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I would say if they have Twitter, they can add me in Twitter, send me a message there. Uh, my Twitter is Mapanauta, M-A-P-A, N-A-U-T-A. I, I spell now in German. I mean, that's okay. how my mind is, is working lately. But Mapanauta is fine. And then also, I mean, uh, uh, my email also is mapanauta at gmail.com or uh, my company email is miriam at gonzalez at offerito.com. Any, any source is fine for me to be, to be able to be rich. Very nice. We'll make sure to get that into the show notes and uh, yeah, encourage everyone to check it out and get in touch if you have questions or if you want to use the service or if you have data sets that you want to you want to sell via the service. Thanks very much for being on the show today, Mary. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot to you for the invitation. Take care and happy to hear what your guys are doing here in GMOF. Bye. Bye. Thanks everyone for joining us today and listening to the GMOF podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. You can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode and of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.